Welcome to Nairobi Chapel Embakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Greetings, everybody. Karibuni sana to Nairobi Chapel Embakasi's podcast. This is Pastor Fred Alexander Oyola. I'm glad that you've um, decided to listen in um, today as well. May the Lord bless you. And I hope you're having a great, great 2022. Some quick announcements as we begin. Um, Guys, please remember, and I always say this every week, read your Bible and pray every day. One of the things we do here at Nairobi Chapel Embakasi is we remind our congregation, our people consistently to read their Bible. Read it from Genesis to Revelation. There's a reason God put the Bible um, as Genesis to Revelation. Try your level best to read it. We have um, one reading plan. You can download it on our Linktree profile links across our social media handles. Just go to our bio link, download it, and read the Word of God. Plug in, guys. Began two Sundays ago, and in case you're interested, hey, join us. The next class begins in the month of May. Just at the end of May. So if you want to reconnect with God, if you want to reconnect with your community, if you want to know what um, purpose God um, gave you, um, created you with, join us in that class. It is an amazing class. And may the Lord bless you. So this month, we'll be looking at the Song of King Solomon, the most raunchy and sexiest book, book in the Bible. But it is also a book that speaks of the love between Israel and God. But we've chosen this month to look at what it says about relationships. In the first week, we began by talking about singlehood. In the second week, we talked about the wedding day of King Solomon and the Shulamite. And then now today, we're going to talk about the marriage, the marriage of King Solomon and the Shulamite. Please remember, as raunchy and as sexy as the book is, it is still the word of God. It is broken down into the couple's wedding day and the memories of courtship and engagement in chapters 1 to 4. It has the couple's marriage years, including the troubled times in chapter 5 to 7. And then the power of love in chapter 8 of the book of Song of Solomon. But please remember, in as much as it is crazily um, hot and um, will give you sweat <laughs> as you listen, please remember what 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 and 17 tells us which is that all scripture including the song of King Solomon is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work So it means every line of the Song of King Solomon is breathed out by God. So be encouraged. Today we're going to talk about marriage. And we must remember that God created everything. And at the very end, said that it was all good. The first place God says something isn't good is found in Genesis 2.18. Where he looks at the man and says, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. God conducts the first wedding, like we said last week, institutes marriage, and then finishes the chapter by telling us in verse 24 that for this reason, this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife, and the two will become one flesh. That's in verse 24 of chapter 2 of Genesis. 
The Bible then tells us that they were both naked, the man and the woman. Not the man and the man, not the woman and the woman. The man and the woman were naked and felt no shame. But hold on to that. We'll revisit it later on in the podcast. Immediately after this, sin entered the world, as we all know in chapter 3, through the sin of eating of the fruit by Adam and Eve. Yes, it was Eve and Adam, but before the eyes of God, it was Adam who messed up by not um, taking control of the situation. It is precisely because of this that not just everything in earth was corrupted, but also that marriage was corrupted. God intended that one man marry one woman, and they both live naked together without any shame. After sin, shame came in, and corruption in marriage through polygamy and the like came in as well. That answers the question of whether it was right for all these characters in the Bible to have many wives. That's the question normally. Pastor, Machungaji, church. How come Abraham would sleep with um, the concubine? How no, the, no, the, the, the house help? How come all these um, men and women of God, or sorry, men of God, had all these women in, this, in scripture? It is simply because of sin. We must remember then, because of that, that when we are getting married, because we are in a fallen world, world as shown in Genesis chapter 3, we are marrying sinners. Each one of us is marrying a sinner that is hopefully forgiven by the Lord. Sinners being worked on by the Lord and that will fall every now and then and will need forgiveness. 70 to the power of 7 times. We'll touch on that also. Just in a few. Hold your horses. <laughs> the Bible still instructs us soberly on the institution of marriage. Marriage, as we have just said, is between one man and one woman, and not one woman and one woman, or one man and one man. It is between one man, let me say that again, and one woman. It is not open and free to walk in and out of as one pleases. So if we decide to be in it, remember, like we said last week, it is till till death. Do you part? Mm. This means that in defining marriage, you must talk about the issue of husbands and wives. To the husbands and wives, this is what God says. We are going to jump to the to, to, to the book that talks about this. There's no other book. This is the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. We'll start from verse 21 and then just go down the verses. Verse number 1 says, 21, Ephesians 5, 21. Submit to one another out of reverence, for Christ. Let me read that again. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That means that what God is saying here, that the power of each individual will must die, the woman's and the man's, and one common will must flourish. We each must submit to the will of the marriage and as such not force our individual wills on the marriage. This common will of the marriage must be out of reverence for Christ. Whatever we choose as the direction of marriage and taking must be in Christ. This means, like we said in the previous weeks, that if you husband and you wife don't know the Lord, this submission to each other will most likely never, let me say that again, never happen. So this should mean that the number one goal of every marriage must be that both husband and wife submit themselves to the lordship of Christ. That way, even their will aligns to his will, and eventually the will of the marriage under Christ becomes a common one. And the marriage, say it together, 
it thrives. Mm. Ah, yeah, let's go to Ephesians 5, 22 and 24. 22 to 24. To the wives, this is what God says. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit to their husbands in everything. So, number one, wives are to submit in everything to the husbands. As they submit to the Lord. It doesn't end there. Wife, if you do not submit to the Lord, you will struggle with the issue of submission. It is not weakness and it is not because you are less than the man. Submission to your husband is simply saying you agree to Christ's institution of marriage. And as such, you agree to the fact that it involves submission to your husband. It is not submission to any man, submission to your husband. Mm, that's the law. As Christ is the head of the church, so the husband is the head of your marriage. He's the head of the home and the head of the family. Only Christ can direct you to the submission of your husband. Not your charmer, not your sisters at the group, not your mother, Christ. The greatest enemy to your submission is the world. Please remember, the greatest enemy to the submission of Eve to Adam was the devil, the world. One of the problems we have today is this conundrum that exists in the fact that most of us today both work out of the home. And there's nothing wrong with that. That is what the society, that's the culture today. Most, uh, the husband is working and the wife is working. That is how most of our homes look like. But it brings a big elephant in the room where one is head outside of the home and is expected to be a submissive one in the home, especially for the ladies. Specifically for the ladies, not even especially. When wives follow and submit to the Lord, you'll conquer that difficulty. Respect will then flow beautifully as well. And then what will happen, everyone? Your marriage will thrive. To the husbands, this is what the book of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 to 32, tells you or tells us. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain, wrinkle, or blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. That is Paul talking. So husbands, number one, you are to love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. The command is to love. And this is greater than the right to rule as a tyrant. Husband, Christ demands you as the head to quench the feelings of tyrant ruling over your wife over your home, over your family, and gently love your wife into submission. That's the secret. This is because our submission to Christ teaches us to love our wives as he loved the church and died for her, thereby making her pure without stain or wrinkle. Love your wife sacrificially and selflessly, 
through her faults and see her grow into your submission. This will be just as the church grows through Christ's grace over it. Mm. Number two, husbands. We are to love our wives as our own bodies. Husbands, we are not being told to love our wives just as we love our bodies. We are being told to love our wives because they are part of our bodies. Remember that when God brought Eve to Adam, he then commanded that in marriage, what happens is that the husband and the wife cleave to each other and become one. Kimoja. Mm. <laughs> so God is telling the husband, husbands, us, let's love our wives because she came from us. Anyway, Eve came from Adam. And now Eve was part of Adam's body as well. So your wife is part of your body as well. So God is telling you, love your wife because you love your body. And when we do that, what will happen, all of us? Our marriages will thrive. Hmm. <laughs> ah, yeah. Now, okay, that's what the Ephesians tells us. Now let's go to what the Song of Solomon is telling us about King Solomon and the Shulamite's wedding. Let's go to chapter 3, verse 1 to 4, and compare it to chapter 5, verse 2 to 8 of the Song of King Solomon. This is what chapter 3 Verse 1 to 4 tells us, All night long on my bed I looked for the one my heart loves. This is Shulamite. I looked for him but did not find him. I will get up now and go about the city through its streets and squares. I will search for the one my heart loves. So I looked for him but did not find him. The watchmen found me as they made their rounds in the city. Have you seen the one my heart loves? Scarcely had I passed them when I found the one my heart loves. I held him and would not let him go till I had brought him to my mother's house, <laughs> to the room of the one who conceived me. <laughs> Chapter 5, verse 2 to 8 says the following. We are comparing the two, remember. I slept, but my heart was awake. Listen, my beloved is knocking. Open to me, my sister, my darling, my dove, my flawless one. My head is drenched with dew, my hair with the dampness of the night. I have taken off my robe, must I put it on again? I have washed my feet, must I soil them again? My beloved thrust his hand through the latch opening. My heart began to pound for him. I arose to open for my beloved, and my hands dripped with myrrh. My fingers were flowing myrrh on the handles of the bolt. I opened for my beloved, but my beloved had left. He was gone. My heart sank at his departure. I looked for him, but did not find him. I called him, but he did not answer. The watchmen found me as they made their rounds in the city. They beat me. They bruised me. They took away my cloak. Those watchmen of the walls, daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you, if you find my mpendwa, my beloved, what will you tell him? Tell him I am faint with love. Come on. Hey. The two portions of scripture show us that there is a difference in the lives of the king and his Shulamite. There's a difference in the two portions of scripture. In the first portion, the Shulamite wakes in the night to find his lover not in bed with her. She goes looking for him and finds him. In the second portion, though, she finds his lover missing again. But on waking up, it's the lover knocking the door, asking to be let in. She then battles with her to open for him and probably takes some time before she finally opens but finds him gone. She doesn't find him and when found by the watchman is beaten up, showing us the readers the level of her pain. 
in looking for the beloved. We are not told on how they find each other later, but later we see them together again and that we'll revisit. These two portions point to the trouble that comes in marriage. And if you're married, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Marriage has been said to go through the phases of one, honeymoon, two, reality, three, problem, four, disillusion, and then five, fulfillment. Every marriage will go through these stages, every one of them. Every marriage, let me say that again, will go through these stages. Just like in friendship or in any group of friends or colleagues, it always starts all nice. We are friends and we are lovely. Then it gets to a point of troubled times. And then if and only if it gets through this troubled phase, will the relationship make it. And we all know that. This is always the case even with business. It starts off nice and bright with a thousand orders. Then trouble hits like when COVID happened. And it's only after the waves of trouble are gone through when it gets sweet and profitable. Mm. When trouble times start in marriage, it is time to fight for the marriage. Like we said in the times of dating, the foxes must be known and dealt with. It will need you to confront the foxes, but it may also need outside parties to help sort through the foxes like we said in the first week. Don't stop gathering together with godly couples and mentors throughout your marriage. Better still, if you're all submitted, both submitted to Christ, this will not be too bad to handle, but if not, you will struggle and probably even divorce. One of the most powerful things Christ will forever continue to show you is how faulty each of you are, how sinful and messed up you are. I have come to believe that one of the most powerful things that gets the marriage through is found in the following reading. Let's check chapter 5 of Song of Solomon, verse 9 to 16. This is the king talking. How is your beloved better than others? Actually, it's not the king. It's the friends, the, the, the sisters to the Shulamite, the girlfriends, you know. How is your beloved better than others, most beautiful of women? How is your beloved better than others? That you so charge us. My beloved, she responds, is radiant and beauty and uh, radiant and ruddy, outstanding among ten thousand. His head is pure as gold, his hair is wavy and black as a raven. His eyes are like doves by the water streams, washed in milk, mounted in jewels. Come on. His cheeks are like beds of spice, yielding perfume. His lips are like lilies dripping with myrrh. His arms are rods of gold set with topaz. His body is like polished ivory decorated with lapis lazuli. His legs are pillars of marble set on bases of pure gold. His appearance is like Lebanon, choice as its cedars. His mouth is sweetness itself. He is altogether lovely. This is my beloved, she says. This is my friend, daughters of Jerusalem. Hmm. The, Shulamite, the Shulamite, despite the trouble that has come in the marriage, is remembering the beauty in King Solomon. This is King Solomon that she accepted and wed and decided to spend a lifetime with. Moreover, she is also giving something that I believe is quite overlooked in our times. She tells the daughters of Jerusalem, her girlfriends, her sisters, the girls, her buddies, that King Solomon is her friend. Young men and women, please marry your friend. I dare say, marry your best friend. Somebody you share values with. Somebody you have, 
you love being around somebody that corrects you lovingly when you're wrong and apologizes when they are if they're not your best friend marry someone that you build friendship with a friend is easier to reconcile with than a stranger a friend loves at all times a friend sticks closer than a brother why because a friendship is built over time and includes the best of times and the worst of times show me friends who have never had a major disagreement and i'll point you to fake friends friends understand your flaws and loves you despite them they will confront you because of them but they will love you despite them a friend will overlook a troubled night disagreement and remember that underneath the sin they see is someone who christ loves dearly and is why you chose them mm. let's look at song of solomon chapter 6 verse 1 to 9 When you read this you find that now the Shulamite in spite of King Solomon having disappeared she knows exactly where she's gone and she's not in a difficult place when we read this the question asked um by the Shulamite is the same as in the previous chapter but this time she knows where her lover King Solomon has gone She even remembers that her beloved is his and she's hers. She remembers their love for each other. To go through troubled times, guys, we must love each other as it covers a multitude of sins. That's first Peter 4 verse 8. For this next one, let's compare some portions of scripture. We will compare Song of Solomon chapter 2 verse 13, chapter 7 verse 11 to 13. And chapter 8 verse 1 to 3 verse 5 and verse 14 let's begin with chapter 2 verse 13b arise come my darling my beautiful one come with me okay let's read chapter 7 verse 11 to 13 come my beloved let us go to the countryside let us spend the night in the villages let us go early to the vineyards to see if the vines have budded if their blossoms have opened and if the pomegranates are in bloom there i will give you my love the mandrakes send out their fragrance and at our door is every delicacy both new and old that i have stored up for you my beloved come on finally let's read chapter 8 verse 1 and 2 chapter uh, verse 5b and verse 14 if only you were to me like a brother who was nursed at my mother's breasts then if i found you outside i would kiss you and no one will despise me <laughs> come on i would lead you and bring you to my mother's house again <laughs> she who has taught me i will give you spiced wine to drink the nectar of my pomegranates under the apple tree i roused you yes that's what it says under the apple tree i roused you there your mother conceived you there she who was in labor gave you birth Come away my beloved and be like a gazelle or like a young stag on the spice-laden mountains. Hmm. Here we are seeing another quality of sustaining the troubled times and helping the marriage. The Shulamite tells us the readers that she has an equal character to the husband, the lover King Solomon of wait for it, initiating. She used to initiate even before the marriage and has continued even after the marriage. initiating for things in the marriage is and never will be the sole responsibility of the man and it is never just in sex mm-hmm. 
The best place that initiating works best is in the place of forgiveness. Whether you are the party wronged or not, initiate the forgiveness conversation. Don't ever have the attitude of if and when I'm wronged, they better be coming begging for forgiveness. Otherwise, what <laughs> Forgiveness demands you forgive whether or not they are deserving or asking for it. It is an attitude of, of the heart. My advice to the husband and the wife is this. Always initiate not just sex, but forgiveness and ideas and things and date nights that will benefit the marriage. Never stop initiating because when you stop, your relationship will begin to suffer and it will suffer greatly. Finally, I want to read a couple of verses from the book of Song of Solomon and then we will finish. Chapter 1 verse 2 says that the king and the Shulamite are kissing. Mm. Chapter 1 verse 16, the second part, the part B says, The Shulamite is in her bed and it is verdant. It is pleasant. It is rich, full. It is amazing. Their bed is healthy. Healthy. Mm. <laughs> Chapter 2 verse 3 tells us that the Shulamite is saying King Solomon is the chosen beloved and his fruit is sweet. Mm. Chapter 2 verse 6 says that they are having sex with King Solomon. And King Solomon is grabbing her real good. Mm. That's the Bible, Angalia. Chapter 4 verse 16b tells us that the Shulamite is telling King Solomon to come to her and partake of his fruits from her garden. What is he talking about? You know. Chapter 5 verse 1, King Solomon is telling us that he is partaking of his fruits. He uh, has been invited anyway. Basically, you guys know, he is having sex with his bride. Chapter 5 verse 10, the Shulamite tells us King Solomon is outstanding among 10,000. He is number one. Chapter 5 verse 16, the Shulamite tells us King Solomon is her friend. That we just read. Chapter 8 verse 1 to 4, the Shulamite tells us she wants to kiss King Solomon and have sex with him. That one is, is there. Basically, this is what these portions of scripture are telling us. Finally, advising us about the issue of marriage. Marriage will never survive if you're not fully emotionally and physically intimate with your spouse. The problem with this is nowadays we are intimate with so many outside of our marriages and never intentionally are taking time to build this critical foundation of marriage. Let's begin to initiate intimacy in our marriages and see God build our marriages so much that there'll never be enough time in the day to sort each other out. Mm. Guys, marriage is husband and wife being naked with each other emotionally and physically and feeling no shame. As we stated in Genesis chapter 2 verse 25. And when this happens for one final time, marriages will thrive. Our marriages will shine. Guys, God is telling us in the book of the Song of King Solomon about marriage, that number one, trouble will come in marriage. But with, but with God's help, let's fight for our marriages. Don't let it go down the drains. Fight for your marriage. Number two, friendship in marriage will greatly help the troubled times that come in marriage. So build your friendship. Marry a friend. Marry a best friend. 
Build friendship in marriage. Not your finances. Build your friendship. Finances will come and go. Build your friendship. Children will come and go. Build. Anyway, number three. Always initiate good things in the marriage. From sex to forgiveness. Even to reconciliation. Always initiate. Both of you. Don't wait for the other. And finally, never stop being emotionally and physically intimate throughout the marriage. If your marriage is in trouble, I pray that the God of heaven teach your hands to fight for your marriage. Help you to fight for your marriage to the very end. If you're struggling with intimacy in your marriage, may the Lord bless you to understand physical and emotional intimacy in your marriage. May the Lord bless your marriages. May they thrive and shine like the stars of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. See you next week. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at Trubani House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.